And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Covering down on some ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about this show goes way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gaston, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi. All thrown in just for good measure. I, does the audience know that I have to wave my hands in the air when I say that every time? <laughs> <laughs> and all the ones that actually see you, then they're like, man, oh, I'm not sure why I do it. that, but I've gotten ah. to where like Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi. <laughs> but I'm you're like, pointing in the direction yes. of, or at least we actually, think, we think I so. I think so, yes. <laughs> I, I need to look out the window, see where the sun is, and decide my, my you know navigational uh, uh, directions. But anyway, hey, uh, real quick before I jump into the Triple Dipper, I got to say, I got some great text. All right, so I went back and I read John from Brownsboro's. Text. That's a that's an awesome text. He was quoting Sun Tzu. And I was talking about you know uh, the the whole thing about staying alert and 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 um, keeping your head on a swivel and not being frogs in a pot, and the things you can do. And his text was now that I read it because John, there was no punctuation, brother. I couldn't tell what I was reading. He says, "Know not your ability, but know your enemy, and you will lose most of the time. Mm. Know yourself, but know your but not your enemy, and you will win half the time. Know yourself and your enemy, and your victory is assured." That's just, that's, that's very cool. Mm. I feel wiser for having read it out loud now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks, John. Now that I've, John, use punctuation next time, brother. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so uh, Donna from Coleman just said, pray more. Pray, mm. go to work, pray more. Mm. Uh, Raven like from Russellville has a really good one. What do you say? Uh, we may not be able to change everything, but we can change one thing, and it all adds up. Hey, that's good. Which, by the way, Richard from Madison, who sparked my kind of like my, my mini monologue a moment ago, um, he, he sent back a great text. He says, that's exactly, he says that's exactly what needed to be said. He says, I try to influence what I can. I can't fix the entire government, but I can fix my family or my friends or my fellow church members, mm. and I hope someone else besides he- me hears your words. And then he says, love your show. So anyway, mm. thank you, Richard. Appreciate you. Uh, Raven from Russellville, thank you very much. Uh, Adam from Decatur. Can you believe the Grammy satanic performance? I know. Oh. I'll talk about it later during Woke World. Ah, it's on my yes. radar. And then Amanda from Decatur says, I, I, wonder, I used to wonder why God would allow things like that for others to suffer, but look at what his son went through for us. Oh, there, well, there, there, and she was referring to the earthquake, I think. No, anyway, talking about in general. Um, all right. Appreciate you guys. Listen, if you want to text in, you're welcome to it. The text line here, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. If you text in for the very first time, just tell us your first name and where you're from. You text the word right side, you get an automatic message back. It says something like, hey, you right side ruffian, because that's what our peoples are. They're a bunch of right side ruffians out there. Uh, so if you get uh, that, you know, text the word right side to 833-68-RIGHT, you get that message back. And then just tell us what your first name is and where you're from. We'll get you put in the system along with the other hundreds, hundreds like literally hundreds, hundreds, <laughs> that's plural hundreds, lots of hundreds. Um, all right. Number one of the triple dipper. Are y'all tracking the fact that there was a bill apparently passed in the legislature in 2021? I did, I did not, this was off the radar to me. I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was watching all the stuff about, you know, prison construction and things that were happening there, but they also passed a bill that affords early release within the last year to year and a half, I believe, of a sentence. And we're not talking about for nonviolent offenders. We're talking about for the worst of the crimes that people are incarcerated for, murder, manslaughter, rape, um, just on and on and on, violent assaults. Um, So here's the deal. 
apparently the, the thought process behind this, according to State Representative Jim Hill, who I know Jim, um, former judge in St. Clair County, now in the legislature, chairs the House Judiciary Committee. Jim says, this is the best thing since sliced bread, I'm paraphrasing. But he says, this is a great thing. He said, what it does is, rather than just letting them out on the day the sentence is over and then we hope for the best and we don't know where they are, they have to be let out with an ankle monitor and we monitor their progress for a period of time and it gives us a chance to see what they're doing and hopefully to keep track of some people that need to be kept. Well, if they need to be kept track of, why are we letting them out? I guess that's one of the questions I have to ask. If we need to keep track of them still, then if we, I mean, so we're, who's, who's monitoring, by the way? Who is saying that ankle monitor is currently being observed and he should not be in that place or she should not be over there? Or they have now violated the terms of their parole because... And I happen to know for a fact that pardons and paroles is, is understaffed. So I'm just really not sure what the process is for making this an effective means of, A, reducing the overcrowding in our state systems, and B, uh, doing good things for society. Because right now, the loser in this so far, the loser has been the victims. The loser has been, because the law requires that before a violent offender is uh, released, that they, the victim has to be notified. I mean, victim notification is, is a big, hairy deal, y'all. It really is. And when I was down in Montgomery, I, I, was, uh, I was very you know, proud to work alongside a group called Vocal, uh, which is a, uh, a victim's rights advocacy group uh, that tries to make sure that notification is always present, that before someone goes up for parole, that the, the victim's families or the victims themselves are notified and given an opportunity to have a voice or at the very least to be knowledgeable that the perpetrator may be back out on their streets very soon. And yet we just had a situation last week where a 2021 law that kind of flew under the radar was set to release like over 400 prisoners out on the streets of Alabama. Now, I, you know, they were close to their end of their sentence, right? So there's that. But early release, Republican state, allegedly Republicans are generally speaking tough on crime. And yet here we are in a situation where we were literally setting up society to have to basically put up with people with ankle monitors being released into the streets and in their neighborhoods. And I, and I got to say, man, what, what the heck? Well, in a minute, I'll, I'll get into one of the, uh, the, uh, the legislators has already said that they, they felt like they were sold a bill of goods. They didn't see it this way. Well, you read the bill, I hope, right, before you voted on it. I mean, for the love, fellas. But I, I remember when I was in Montgomery, my, my very first term, and I, and I served on the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. I vice-chaired Judiciary uh, the last four years I was there, but I served on Senate Judiciary. And I'll never forget in the first year that I was down there, former Chief Justice uh, Democrat, very liberal, Sue Bell Cobb, um, she, uh, she actually uh, got in my face, if you will, even though she was a foot shorter than me, so it's kind of hard to get in my face. But she literally came up to me and goes, Senator, and she put a finger up in my face. She goes, what are you going to say to people when they recognize that you've allowed the prisons to be overcrowded? And I said, well, Madam Chief Justice, what are you going to say to my constituents when I go home and have to explain why I'm weak on crime if I vote for your bill? Uh, that conversation didn't end well. <laughs> but all I'm saying is it's a, it's a difference of mentalities. Time served. Mm. Is there an opportunity for early parole? Well, it needs to be part of the regular sentence, but we've just now hit into a law that requires mandatory early release. 
That's interesting. From the same legislature, by the way, that just passed what we call Anaya's Law. And Anaya's Law, and I agree with Anaya's Law. Anaya's Law, uh, I think passed last year, I believe. Anaya's Law allows for the denial of bail to suspects who have been charged with a violent first-degree crime. It allows the judge to have discretion to deny bail. Well, that's, that's not a bad thing. Someone's arrested for murder, manslaughter, some violent crime, and the judge sees a propensity for, the, for society to be at further risk if the person is allowed out on their own recognizance or on bail. The judge is allowed to deny that under Anaya's law, and it's named because young Anaya Blanchard was killed by a guy who was out on bail. He shouldn't have been. Um, so in the same state we passed Anaya's law, we now have early release. Peace here on AL Today, Alabama Today. Um, uh, my friend Paul DeMarco, he's a former state representative. He's been on this show several times. But he basically says, in his opinion, Alabama leaders have failed the crime victims again with this mass early release bill. And this story came out yesterday. He says, uh, the release of inmates from Alabama prisons caught a lot of people by surprise. He says, a potential early release of over 2%, I didn't know it was that many, over 2% of the inmate population of the Alabama Department of Corrections was required by a law um, that was passed in 2015 but amended in 2021 by state lawmakers. And I look at it and think, okay, what, what happened in 2015 but now 2021? Mm, mm, what happened then? It says, the crimes these felons committed range from murder, manslaughter, attempted murder, sodomy, rape, sex abuse, theft, drug possession. And their early release as mandated um, clearly does not reflect the desires of Alabama voters. Add to that the failure to notify victims of these crimes as required by law, it just adds insult to injury. State officials knew 16 months ago when the law passed that this day was coming, yet they were unprepared. I think the 2015 law was simply just notification of victims. And now it's notification plus early release. And then he says state leaders would be wise to examine how to improve their whole victim notification process because what happened last week was the Attorney General of the state of Alabama literally filed a lawsuit to stop the pending release of hundreds of prisoners because, he said, they had failed to notify the, the, the victims and the victims' families. Well, a situation that we know is true because a piece I've got here from 1819 News says the Blunt County District Attorney basically was, was having a duck because she said that she's long been on the record in opposition to this 2021 criminal justice legislation, but even more so when she realized that a murderer was being released back into her county and that they had not, they had failed to get the ankle monitor on the person. So basically he was out early and being released. No one had notified anybody. And oh, by the way, there was no ankle monitor. And so she, she, she literally had to call and say, what the heck? At which point, former state Senator Cam Ward, uh, who is now head of pardons and paroles, was able to um, get some things done, and the guy did have an ankle monitor put on. She says, and we'll, we'll, we'll ask uh, District Attorney Jody Willoughby later if that's the way he feels, but uh, that, that, that literally, she says, she feels like district attorneys around the state were opposed to this, but they were afraid to say anything because of their budgets being threatened by the legislature. I disagree with that. I think DAs, you, you, you guys are strong people. Uh, and, I, and I take a little issue here with her saying, well, we all had to sit quiet because it might affect our budget. Well, listen, if that's the way you felt then, then you were a coward then. So I just, just don't go down that road. But the end result is District Attorney Casey, go say something. 
and get the law changed now that we know what's happening. Because the people of the state will be behind you. But don't try and say, well, we didn't say anything then, and now you're mad. It doesn't work that way. It didn't work that way at all. All right, Boomer, go ahead and take us to a break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back. I'm going to stay on this topic, and then top of the hour, you're going to want to stay tuned because District Attorney uh, Jody Willoughby from Etowah County will be here in studio with us to give us some perspective on what it's like to put people away and then see them get out early. And how do they feel about it? Is the DA's association have a position on this? I'll be curious to hear, too. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right, saving the world one soundbite at a time. Uh, just saw arrived in our lobby here, uh, uh, District Attorney uh, Jody Willoughby will be joining us here in a few minutes, top of the hour. Uh, he is here on site, so we'll have that conversation, continuing this thing about early release. And, you know, and I, and I look over uh, at the uh, the text lines, and some of y'all, you know, some of y'all care about this, by the way. I can just tell. Um, and uh, and appreciate all of y'all jumping in. We've got somebody new on the text line, Boomer. I hadn't got her name yet, but uh, says he was a chief gunner's mate for 21 years. Thank you for your service, uh, chief. And uh, give us your first name, where you're from, so we can plug you in. Uh, Allie from Athens just wants to make sure that I remember that uh, here on the right side staff, aside from me and Boomer, you can also you got to know that Alicia is the official right side ruffian wrangler. So, <laughs> yes, she is. Um, got another new texter. Uh, I think it's, he's called himself Joe Gunn from uh, Huntsville. So, Joe Gunn, glad you're here. Um, uh, Tyler from Huntsville says, um, here's a good – I don't know why that quote is necessary, Tyler. I don't know what I can do with that, so I'm going to just move on down the line. Uh, Jeremy from Huntsville just says, great job. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate you, man. Listen, on this topic, uh, so – I mentioned a moment ago, um, you know, it's, it's funny how they spin it. Um, and one of the things that we're also seeing, by the way, is the governor's office ain't saying boo about this right now. In fact, story, I, I, di- I didn't pull this one as part of my resources. It came up after I had the show prepped already. But I noticed it's at the top of the, uh, the website right now on 1819news.com. Headline, why is Governor Kay Ivey silent on the Department of Corrections chaos? Because it has been chaos. It's been a complete mess. Um, are they getting released or are they not getting released? Who got released? Where did they get released? Do they have an ankle monitor? Oh, we forgot. Hang on a second. We'll get it fixed. Governor Kay Ivey, it says, has yet to address the chaos in the Alabama Department of Corrections. Last week, the ADOC released more than 100 violent inmates after a 2021 law took effect. In fact, I believe it's more than 100. The release drew heat from critics such as the Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall, who filed a lawsuit. Uh, Marshall's lawsuit also delayed the release of most of the inmates because they were not eligible because victims had not been notified. Um, but it goes on to talk about several things. But the, but the main point is here, um, Madam Governor, you're the head of this. It's part of the executive branch. So could you please at least just address it? Say something. Are you there? Um, and the silence is deafening right now from the governor's office. But then I will say this, State Representative Brown, I said it a moment ago, and I was, this, is, this is like the wah kind of session here. He says, if I had to vote for it, State Representative Brown, who, by the way, sponsored Anaya's law, 
But he says, now if I had to vote for this bill, the early release bill, I wouldn't because what we are voting on is not what the governor sold to the legislature. Hmm. He said this was the governor's bill. It was part of her overall package of legislation during the special session to build new facilities. Hmm. All right. I got to say, I do not mind hearing a legislator say these were unattended consequences. I believed it would go different than what it is. I'm willing to make changes. I, I never mind that. I would, I would bet that a half of all legislation that we put up on the floor of the House and Senate for passage in every legislative session is an amendment to prior legislation. Not because you got it wrong, but because you can't help but see some things later on that have to get tweaked, times change, whatever, language needs to be revised, whatever. But in this case, he's blaming it on the governor. You're the legislative branch of government, sir. So State Representative Brown, you got to do better than that, man. Uh, you got to do way better than just, well, this is the governor's bill. You passed it. You, that, that's a that's a jack wagon statement. I'm going to move on from that one. And then I mentioned that State Representative Hill says this is the greatest thing to slice bread. He says the purpose of the legislation was realizing that people get out of prison, and if they end their sentence in prison, then we have absolutely no supervision over them for any period of time when they leave. So the purpose of the law is to say, look, just go off and over. We're going to add in a period of time where they have an element of supervision, but they did it in a sort of a backwards way. So here's how this works. Let me see if I can find the measuring stick. The formula is this. For those who have sentences that are five years or less, they can get released three to five months early. For those who have sentences of more than five but less than 10 years, they can get released six to nine months early. For those who have sentences of more than 10 years, they can get released from 12 to 24 months early. And no one can be monitored after the date of their original sentencing expires. And sex offenders not eligible at all. Well, there's that. All right. Well, listen, this is a topic that's got to be hitting some people. Um, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. Welcome to text in 833-687-4448. But I'll, I'll tell you, it's, um, it's a difficult spot to be in. And coming up next, we'll have a conversation with a district attorney whose job it is to put people in jail when they are needed. To, I mean, when They don't prosecute crimes that they don't believe they can prosecute. And, and to put someone in jail and then to find out that they get early release without monitoring or the victims don't get notified sort of flies in the face of the job that the district attorneys around this state are doing. So those DAs and ADAs, they are overworked and underpaid. But y'all, I'm telling you, um, we need them. And then to, to do this, to have a Niles Law on the front end that says, we can be tough, but on the backside, you're going to say, hey, uh, time out for good behavior and put on this ankle monitor and be on your way. It's, a, it's an interesting dichotomy. It's, a, it's, it's tough to reconcile some of that. And yet we have these prison systems that are like, what, 160% almost or 150% overcrowding? Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough nut to crack. But we'll talk to... Um, Attorney, uh, District Attorney uh, Jody Will will be here in a moment. See what he has to say. In the meantime, y'all text in if you want to, 833-68-RIGHT. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Hey, all you right